Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. You know, I, I, I want to say this. I moved pretty quickly with, with the direction of the Holy Spirit. We truly have um, some stuff to get through here this morning um, that I've had on my plate, but obviously directed by the Holy Spirit. Y'all know that we love uh, flowing in worship and, uh, and, and we never stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. We always want to do, ultimately, if God is moving, we're never going to hinder whatever He wants to do. Amen? Amen. And uh, we have the, I wouldn't say the philosophy, we, li- we have the principle of you know, we arrive like everything depends on us. We, we prepare like it all depends on us, but we arrive like it all depends on Him. Amen. So uh, that we, we are ready to transport a word and deliver a word of the Lord to you. But the Holy Spirit always has precedence. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, I'm going to be sharing some stuff with you this morning. Somebody say this, unity above all else. Um, I'm going to go through this um, and get through what I have to share with you and I've uh, copied and pasted most of the scriptures I will be using. So if I need my Bible, if there's any need for extra, I will have it available. Um, but number one, that scripture that you see on the screen, a threefold cord is not easily broken. One can be overtaken, two can withstand, but a three cord is not easily broken as in Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, chapter number four and verse 12. How many of you realise that uh, there's power in unity? Now, I don't want to. I'm going to kind of accelerate my pace because uh, you understand I can have one note and be here for 45 minutes and I've got a lot to get through here. Um, This is putting me in a lot of restraints to stick with the program here, but I have to get through it. So this is not a normal Sunday, but I believe you will be blessed by it. And I believe that it is um, um, overall, um, I would like to put, remember, that whatever we do has to be overarching with the love of Jesus in our motivation and how we deliver the Word of the Lord. That none of what we deliver from the platform is ever coming from the voice of condemnation and guilt, which is another reason I love Michael Petzer, like beyond, uh, he is amazing, uh, just really an amazing individual. And I loved him because when I first heard him, he really carries a lot of what we believe in as a, as a culture here in our church. And, and by the way, I wanted to say this, if you guys wanna be really, really blessed, I encourage you to try to go back to January of 2022, especially the Sunday morning service. Um, I, I re-listened to it and boy, was I so blessed uh, listening to Dan Moeller's message on the Sunday morning that he preaches such a body word, such a now word. Just so, so powerful. I encourage you, go back to YouTube, go to January of uh, 23, sorry, 23, January of 23, and find the Sunday morning message from Dan Mola and listen to that message. Just so, so powerful. You know, really, if I think there is a message that's really gonna build the church, which actually connects a lot to to Michael Petz's heart, uh, really the message there. So I wanna talk about the big picture, unity above all else. How many of you realise that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand? The Bible says that. And so the big picture is, Uh, coming through here and talking about what God is trying to do. God is bringing us into new things in this year of acceleration. How many of you realise 
that we're living in some unprecedented times, which you've heard me say many times before. We truly are living in an hour, especially for us here in the United States of America, where we're facing things that we've never had to face before as the Western civilization. Many other countries of the world have undergone many crazy things, but it's never come to the shores of the United States of America at the rate that it is right now. And so we are, God is accelerating things for the sake of the bride and what the bride has to be occupied with. And He wants us also to remember that we're not building just on gifts, but we're building on the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that um, the reason I'm saying that we're not just building on gifts because we don't want to build a model of church where people are coming to church just because they want to hear somebody and their personality preaching behind the pulpit. The, uh, the personality does not build you, Jesus builds you. That is why we want many people and sons and daughters raised up in the house so that when they take, you know, and it's okay to like, you know, it's okay that, yes, I understand God has put an apostolic oversight in this ministry. I get that. And it's okay that you, you love the, the, a father in the house. That's okay. That's not abnormal, you know. Uh, but, but I wanna say that, that that should not be the driving force by, by for which we come to church. We don't come to church to, now now obviously there is, obviously we want to be fed, we understand that. But most of all, the driving factor in our lives is, Lord, what do we have to bring and impart for the furtherance of the vision of the house for the Kingdom of God to be extended? It's not just this, what can I, you know, we're not window shopping at church here to see what we can get out of church. That's, that's too much of the culture that isn't, you know, we, 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 and then we also formulate, we also formulate a system that tries to create a product so that we can try and attract the people. So the one gives into the other. That's not the way to the Kingdom of God is me giving my life for the purpose of the King and His Kingdom. When we find a culture that we can identify with and be it as it may, you're not gonna find one perfect church. You're not going to find, there is no perfect church. And if you're looking for the one that's perfect, guess what? When you find it, you just made it imperfect when you walked in. Come on now. You know, we must be very careful with that because the moment we begin to do that, we, we evaluate ourselves in a self-righteousness because we think that we have it cornered. Amen? Praise God. Anyway. So He wants us to, we're not building on gifts. Remember, the, me, the gifts are not the measurement of the man or the woman. It's the fruit that's the measurement, amen? Come on. So God is calling us to a spiritual maturity. In the month of December, Jeff, put your hand up, Jeff. And I actually wrote this down. Jeff and I, who most of us heard teach a great encouraging word to us last Sunday, one that contributes to the building of the church, shared a moment of fellowship over coffee. He shared some things that, with me that immediately witnessed with my spirit, which prompted me to ask him to share. Nothing about this content had anything to do with my subject today. However, it does lend well to what I want to share with you today. Tuesday morning, about a month ago, I had a dream in the early hours of the morning. In it, I found myself weeping with deep emotion and pain, like a grief of the Lord. In this dream, a man from the church came and put his arm on my shoulder to bring me comfort. He represented the comfort of the Lord. 
I knew this was regarding Destiny Church. And as I woke and the Lord began to speak to me about it, He assured me this would not be the case and He would deal with it. And in order to deal with it, He wanted me to expose it for us to hear. He said, speak about it because He wants to communicate how He feels about it. Amen. And then shortly after this, He began to deal with my heart about the dimensions of fathers and sons, fatherhood and sonship. Now, two dimensions at play here, the responsibilities of the spiritual father. Many people don't even like the teachings of spiritual fathers and spiritual sons, but let me just go ahead and say, get over yourself really quickly. Because let me just suffice it to say, it is a principle. Just like you have an earthly father, there are those that you sit under that you would call, uh, uh, in a sense, a spiritual father. Number one, I wanna go ahead and address the issue of spiritual fathers because there is a right spiritual fathering and then there is also a wrong spiritual fathering. Wrong spiritual fathering is to those who call people spiritual fathers outside of where they actually fellowship that will actually sit under those spiritual fathers as their greater authority. Now, I have no problem with that as long as those spiritual fathers never violate the Kingdom of God and its designed government given to us in the Word of the Lord. Are you with me? If they are telling you something that supersedes God's church government, then you need to remove yourself from that individual as a spiritual father or mother. Are you with me? Because then it is like you are taking, you are sitting somewhere and you are taking advice from somewhere else. And how can you ever be in the spirit of unity when your spiritual mother or father is telling you something contradictory to the church that you are sitting in? Amen. That is wrong. Come on. Amen. That's not God's design. All right. Now, the two dimensions at play are the responsible responsibilities. In other words, the father needs to know how to be a father not one who is controlling or manipulative. And then number two, the responsibility of the spiritual son. Today we talk about spiritual fathers like it's some sort of cheap meal that you buy at McDonald's. This person's my spiritual father. That person's my spiritual father. This one's my spiritual father. And it's so convenient because most of the time you'll find the spiritual fathers live 5,000 miles away from them and never have the opportunity to really bring correction in life because you've got to be corrected. Correction is not for your rejection. Correction's for your protection. Correction's for your growth. Even when you have a child, you remember this, you cannot father your child that lives on a different continent somewhere and you can't raise them up the way you truly want to raise them up when they're somewhere else. So fatherhood or spiritual fatherhood is convenient whenever the father never has the authority to speak into your life. Come on somebody. So in order to be called a son, in order to want to become a, uh, in order to want to call yourself a son or have a spiritual father, then by necessity, you also have to open yourself up for correction. Because God chastises those whom He loves. Now I'm not talking, you guys know the heart, my heart here. 
You guys know my heart. I'm not here with a stick beating everybody over the head. I'm just not that way. I believe in the new covenant of the grace of God. If anything that I get irritated, the Bible says, God, you be angry and sin not. So I can be angry without going over into the element of throwing my tantrum and throwing my toys at the cot and throwing bottles of water at people and hitting them on the head. But I can still be angry and sin not. Are you with me? I get angry at religion. I'm, I'm telling you right now, nothing will get me more irritated than the spirit of religion. And we will not tolerate it. We will never put up with it. And we will never allow that thing to come in so that it will hinder the flow of the anointing of God. We will not allow it. Amen. So we have to be able to, to be a son, we must also be able to have a, the voice of the Father that can speak into us. And the voice of the Father is not always just corrective, yes, but it does include correction. Yes, Amen? Amen? We have a culture that is so easily offended by anything. We get offended by any little thing. We love you, everything's hunky-dory, but the moment we say something out of line, we get so easily offended and boom, we never see you again. Come on. God wants to heal you, some, or some of you of that, 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 that you, you might have, a, have it subconsciously, not even then, you don't even realise it, but, but you, 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 and in a way you've been hurt. And I'm, I'm, not saying this, I'm not saying that some of you haven't been hurt. We've all been hurt. But when are we gonna mature beyond that? When are we gonna say, okay, there is a real deal. Obviously there was a mess over there, but I cannot move forward with the anointing and the calling of God. I cannot hold on to this stuff any longer. If there is a wrong, there has to be a right. You cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. Amen. 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 So God spoke to me about the, the and I'll get into more of this teaching uh, at, at some point. Uh, in, in, uh, very soon and just break that down because that's a message in itself. Amen. After the Lord spoke with me, He gave me a clear picture of the design of the family. This is after He spoke to me. I was in the shower, showering before I came to church on a Sunday morning and uh, just minding my own business. And the Lord started to speak to me about fathers and sons. And when I got out of the shower, He gave me a picture of the design of the family. A picture of the man sometimes being out for days, bringing back provisions for his family. How many of you have seen those movies where, you know, you see the family and the, the wife and the children at the house and then the dad's out and he's gone hunting for days on end and he comes back proud to bring back the provision for his wife. He's got his little birds that he's got to feed in his little nest and then he comes back in. God showed me the analogy of family and then he continued to show me the dimensions of the mother at home with the kids. How many of you realise that sometimes that uh, God's God in God's design, that, that mom's at home and, and, and she's She's looking after the kids while dad's going to get the provisions. And, and, and sometimes, guess what? Sometimes the kids will, will, will try to push the boundaries of authority. Dad's away. They will push the boundaries of authority. And sometimes mom will step in and she'll take authority and, and they'll listen and they'll be good. But then there's other times where, where, where the mother has to say, just wait for your dad to get back. Yeah. 
And the kids go, no, mommy, please. <laughs> Not that. Come on. Am I painting a good picture for you? All right. And then he spoke to me and he said, it's time for, for me, speaking to me as the father of the house, to step up in my position of authority that he gave me. And he said, I want you to come out now. Not that I've been hiding in the closet somewhere. But he said, I want you to pick up the pace. Amen. And he reminded me of how he sent us. And he said, remember, I am the one that sent you here. When they ask you who sent you, tell them, no, I am sent you. Amen. So let's go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Are you guys, is this okay here? Trying to go through as quickly as I can and methodically as possible. With the help of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 1 through 7. I'm going to read this as quickly as I can from the Passion Translation. Uh, It reads really well in the New American Standard Bible, but I really like the Passion Translation for this. It says, Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk. We just read the Scripture from Hebrews a couple of weeks back in Hebrews chapter five. We'll get into that in just a moment and then I'll just recap on it. But I had to feed you with milk, not the solid Food of more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. In other words, you're govern, your flesh is governing you. You think you're spiritual, but your flesh is governing you. Ask yourself, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourself with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centred on yourselves. If you have time to do all of these things, just realise it is the litmus test to say you are still on the milk, you have spiritual immaturity going on in your life and you are not aware of the skillful teachings of the Word of Righteousness concerning you because if you know that you have been made righteous in your identity in Christ, you will know that we know no man after the flesh. Amen? Amen? That's what the Bible says, not me. All right. Do you compare yourself? Do you quarrel like children? And it says, if so, this proves you are living your life centred on yourself, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving no better than unbelievers. All right. So Paul is building up here. He's, he's painting a principle of what's going on. He's speaking about spiritual immaturity, but he's building up his message to be able to address something uh, in this particular instance. He's saying, for when you divide yourself into groups, a Paul group and an Apollos group, you're acting like the people without the Spirit's influence. Who is Apollos or who is Paul? Aren't they both servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't aren't, aren't each of us doing the ministry of the Lord that was assigned to us? I was the one who planted the church and Apollos came and cared for it. But it was God who caused it to grow. And this means the one who plants is not anybody special. He's talking about himself. He says, I'm not special. And nor is the one that waters, nor is Apollos. 
for it is God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. <laughs> God is the one. Spiritual immaturity will have you looking at men and, and, and understanding the divine purposes of God will have you go into the kingdom mindset. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm just pointing. Paul pointed out to the immaturity of the flesh and then brought up an issue that he was having to deal with, which is the second part here from verse four through seven. He brought correction to get believers' hearts back into focus. Amen? Amen. And then I'm bringing back that Scripture that I used a couple of weeks back, Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. He's not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. In other words, those who are accustomed to the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is everything that has been given to us on account of Jesus finished work at the cross of Calvary who has made you perfectly righteous. Come on, that's the simplicity of it. It's too simple for us that we think we know better. Come on. That's the place the Bible, Paul speaks about twice here in Corinthians. He talks about infancy and then he talks about maturity. And they both have to do with the ministry of righteousness. And if we're having these symptoms in our daily walk, I want every one of us here to put ourselves in the hot seat of evaluation to find yourself. Let the Word measure you here today. I'm preaching the Word to you. I'm not preaching the words of men. Evaluate yourself today. And if you find yourselves coming short in any one of this, in any of the language here, measure yourself by that Word. And make the adjustments. Because if you fall short, that means you still are not fully overwhelmed by the finished work of Jesus and how righteous He has made you. Because if you were, you would not look at your brother or your sister after the flesh. Come on. Just it's impossible. It's not possible. It's not possible. Somebody. All right. Amen. So he says, but solid food is for the mature. Those skilled, and I put that, this is me adding here, adding still in the context, those skilled in the revelation of righteousness, who because of practice, somebody say practice, have their senses trained. In other words, your senses are not dictating to you, but you are training your senses to the revelation of the finished work of the cross. So if your senses violate what Jesus has done, your senses need to come in line. We are not led by our emotions. We are not led by dreams. We are not led by anything but the Word of God. Those things can serve as confirmation. 
but they do not lead us and they do not direct us. The revelation of what Jesus has done for us is final truth. Otherwise we will be emotional wrecks. Do you understand that? Love what Dan Moeller said. He says, I don't dream a whole lot. He goes, I think that people that, that do just because they probably don't get to hear God in the daytime because they're too busy to hear Him. He goes, I don't need to have any dreams. I hear from Him pretty clearly. <clears throat> and we're four dreams here. We're four dreams here. So I'm just wanting to make sure. Galatians chapter five, verse 19 through 25. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting here. Thank you for your time. I have to get through this. This is a, this is a, a word for us as a body here today. All right. This is an evaluation. Why? Because we are in the middle of an expansion right now. The reason I don't have, I had some schematics ready for us because we have the possibility right now of expanding this building from 4,000 square feet, this very building into 8,000 square feet. And we just got a report on how much it would cost for us to extend another parking lot here with another 26 more bays. And it came out at 87 to 93,000. So I've just held back now. And I said, well, this is so I'm just you know, we're, we're not afraid of the number and we're not gonna cower back and not do anything, but God will make a way where He needs to make a way. So I'm not gonna be worried about the numbers. But with us doing the expansions, I've got all the pictures drawn to spec and everything. We're gonna be able to seat right in this building. We will be able to go from about 140 seats here to about 270. Plus, as soon as we get overflow, we're gonna be able to add another 30 more chairs. We'll be at that number of 300. We'll be at the number of three, right in this building. If you ask me if that was gonna open up, why? Because something happened in this building down on my right, your left, on the far side, the owner happened to pass away. And I'm very sorry that that happened, but that building has now become available. And the owner has said that he would love for us to take possession of it. So uh, that was part of my announcement this morning, but we've just had a little bit of a, Okay, what are we gonna do next? And I haven't discounted it yet. It's not over till, till it's over. Are you with me? In fact, I received a very encouraging word. Have I not given this land unto you? Amen. And so having said all of this, I started out the, the Word of the Lord for us today is God is wanting us to have the big picture. We're right in a pivotal moment right now where God is bringing a supernatural expansion to us. And I know because I, this is not my first rodeo, I've been a part of the enemy's attempts to try and wreak havoc right at the time of expansion. That is why I'm dealing with this in the Spirit. And that is why the Lord said, speak to them and tell them how I feel about it. Because it breaks His heart. I felt a literal grief in my spirit. A grief that was overwhelming to the natural man. I could not contain it in my physical body. What I experienced. Galatians 5, 19 through 25. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, witchcraft. Somebody say witchcraft. witchcraft. 
The Passion Translation, when it says witchcraft, it actually says, calls it, um, calls it manipulating others. The spirit of witchcraft is not, is, is now, isn't it amazing that you, you understand sometimes you've got to deal with people. It's not just, the, uh, you deal with people because people yield to demonic spirits. It didn't end well for Jezebel. She was eaten by the dogs. It didn't end well for Absalom. Absalom was hung by his own hair. Are you with me? The individual. Now we call it a spirit of Jezebel and we call it a spirit of Absalom because we're associating a kind of spirit that preyed on an existing individual that had fleshly tendencies that the enemy could use. So you've got to deal with the people sometimes. You've got to deal with people that, 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 that we all can, we, are all, we all have a flesh. But we've got to subject that flesh. We've got to crucify the flesh. We've got to put it under. Amen. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders and drunkenness, revelings and such like, um, of which I tell you before, as I've told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the Kingdom of God. Hey, guess what? Let me go ahead and help you out here. Those who shall not inherit the Kingdom of God, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. When it's talking about shall not inherit the God, you will not partake of the blessing of God in the earth. In other words, the things that come from the kingdom, you will not participate in. You will not be able to tap in. And guess what? Here's here's the kicker of this all. This is not talking about whether you go to heaven or hell. This is talking about you will not inherit the kingdom of God while you are on earth. You will not partake of the blessing of the Lord. Well, God loves me. Yes, He does. And I will not argue with you because His love for you is unchanging. We have to get out of the immature place of God loves me. God loves you. When are you going to settle it and walk in a position of maturity to know that He loves you? The second portion of the call of God is not just understanding how much He loves you and what you can get away with. The other side of understanding that God loves you should bring a desire within you. He loves me so much. My life is not my own. I want to give it back to Him. The other side of the coin is, it's not how much I can get away with. It's how much I can bring to the Kingdom of God. There's no manipulation on that because He has your heart. Nobody's coercing you. God's love is so strong because of the revelation of the righteousness that you have become because of Jesus that all you can do is give your life in perfect surrender, a life crucified in the flesh so that Christ can live through you. Jesus, the hope of glory. Come on, somebody. But the fruit of the Spirit for those who are not dictated and governed by their flesh 
and immature drinking the milk from the cow's teat. Sorry, I had to say that in there. He is from Africa. They've got cows with teats over there. Hey, I didn't say anything rude. Cows have teats. I didn't say anything rude right now. Throw stones at me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there is such, there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and its lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One who walks in the Spirit walks in the revelation of the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna read Proverbs chapter six, verse 16 through 19 from the Passion Translation, the New American Standard Bible, so I'll do it quickly. Seven things God hates. And it's a good thing that we be reminded of this. There are six, okay, here it is. There are six evils God, well actually it says seven things God hates. There are six evils God truly hates and a seventh that is an abomination to Him. Putting others down while considering yourself superior. Spreading lies and rumours. Splilling the blood of the innocent. Plotting evil in your heart towards one another. Gloating over what's, what's plainly wrong and spouting lies in a false testimony and stirring up strife between friends. These are entirely despicable to God. Proverbs 6, 16 through 9 in the New American Standard Bible, same portion. There are six things which the Lord God hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to Him. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, evil and a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. Remember, it says these six things and then yea, verily, the the seven things the Lord hates. So that's the heart of the Lord. And He doesn't want any of the body to be found operating in this place. Paul's final instructions to the Jews and Gentiles in Rome, Romans 16 through 17 through 20. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I'd like to give you one final word of caution. Watch out for those. Another translation says, mark those. Somebody say, mark those. Watch out for those who cause divisions and offences among you when they antagonise you by speaking of the things that are contrary to the teachings that you've received. Don't be caught in their snare for people like this are not truly serving the Lord. Like, you know, please don't look at me like I'm a polar bear in the desert. This is all in the Bible that you and I read. Maybe we just don't hear it enough. Amen. 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 It says here, when they antagonise you by speaking of the things that are contrary to the teachings that you've received, don't be caught in their snare for people like this are not truly serving the Lord, but their own belly but are being driven by their own desires for a following. 
Utilising their smooth words and well-rehearsed blessings, they seek to deceive the hearts of the innocent ones. Or another translation says, weak and simple and those who can be easily manipulated. So they prey on the weak. Because there's a superiority in their revelation and they know how to speak a better language and they can prey on those that are weaker than them. So I'm happy when I think of you because everyone knows the testimony of your deep commitment of faith. So I want you to become scholars of all that is good and beautiful. This is Paul here. And stay pure and innocent when it comes to evil. Stay pure and innocent when it comes to evil. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. And the wonderful favour of the Lord Jesus will surround you. Come on, somebody. I'm almost done. All right. Matthew 16, 17 through 18 says, Jesus answered and blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. Peter here meaning little rock. And on this rock, so Peter, you are the little rock. And on this rock, what the rev, in other words, and on this revelation, I will build my church. These are words to Peter here. And upon this revelation, I will build my church. It didn't say I'll build my kingdom. It said I will build my church. Amen. I like to harp on this because some dingbat out there is saying that we're not in the age of the church anymore. We're in the age of the kingdom. No, 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 no. We are manifestors of the kingdom, but Jesus said, I will build my church. The byproduct of the church doing its part is the kingdom manifesting. The kingdom is established through the medium or the vessel called the church. We are the carriers of the kingdom. We, the church, are the carriers of the kingdom. Amen. Too spiritual for your own good and making up garbage. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We must walk in the fear of the Lord and never be found removing the bricks that Jesus is laying. He said, I will build my church. Here Jesus is building His church. God sends you, go to Lafayette. Tell them that I am essential. We go by the divine grace of God, by His authority and His sending. I challenge you, go ahead, Find another building and go start your own church. You will have no grace for it. God sends and He calls. That doesn't mean that we all are not able and capable, but God has to be the one who commissions. God appoints. When the Bible says that we are all priests, prophets and kings, that is with the dimension of operating in the glory of God. Are all that prophesy prophets? No. It's talking about the anointing that was operating in the priests, the prophets and the kings. You have now been given the same spirit to operate in those dimensions. But that does not mean you are all apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists. 
God comes and He calls for that. He said He's given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Amen? It's a divine appointment. Scripture doesn't make you called. You can have enough Scripture that you can, I mean, you can have enough Scripture that you can quote a donkey into believing it's a horse. It doesn't change the outcome. God is the one that calls. God is the one that gives a supernatural grace. And a grace that we must walk in the fear of the Lord. Amen. And so we cannot be seeing Jesus laying bricks and there we are going behind Jesus and removing bricks that He's trying to build. Come on. All right, I'm almost done here. I know this is a heavy duty word here, but I have to get through it, amen? Embedded in our creed and our core values at Destiny Church is one of zero tolerance towards what God calls despicable, the things that He hates. We have a zero tolerance for that. Come on. We have our church life values that define our culture that are bold. We have bold values and those are belonging, outreach, love and devotion, bold. We have our church function values that define our culture that are real. Reform, encourage, activate and love. Come on, are you with me here? So I just wanna say this, in being led by the Spirit to this, this is the third time that I've spoken on the subject that included the spirit of witchcraft operating. Spoke it once in early 2023, I mentioned it in another message somewhere else. And today I'm speaking for, for a third time. So I'm wanting the atmosphere to know that we will not tolerate that spirit. Are you with me? I will not tolerate my wife being spoken of in a negative fashion. I will not tolerate me being spoken of in a negative fashion. I will not tolerate our our children being spoken of in 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 a negative fashion. And nor will I tolerate any of our leaders being spoken about in a negative fashion. None of those things are in our culture. So I wanna address this, that if you have the boldness to speak about somebody else and you are the listener of that, I wanna encourage you to say, would they be okay with me making a phone call right now so we can find out what they think about it? Are you with me? Because if you do not expose the enemy, you are immediately swallowing. David MacDonald came and brought a message here just a few months back about a little bit of leaven, leaven's not. The moment, the moment you take the leaven from somebody else through criticism and negativity, the moment you let that in, you begin to stop receiving from the anointing that God brought you to sit under. Because you've allowed somebody to shift your perception and your perspective of something. You came in full of joy. You came in excited. You came in running with a passion for the Lord. You, 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 there, there was just such a great movement of the Spirit. 
What came in and hindered that? And get rid of it quickly. What came in and hindered you? Who have you allowed to speak and whisper into your ears? Come on, somebody. All right. That's our culture here. We won't tolerate anybody being spoken of. Jesus hates that. Jesus hates that. And I felt the very deep grief of the Lord that was too much for my body to handle in my dream. It was beyond my capacity and it overcame me in the flesh. When I spoke on the 31st of the coming into the new year, I, I, I preached a message called Five Prophetic Faith Truths for 2024. The third truth was looking for water and digging up the wells. Little did I know when I actually came to preach, uh, speak about it uh, with Isaac digging up the wells, um, that, that <laughs> the thing that came up were digging for dirt. We're supposed to be digging for water and here we are, while we're busy digging, we start focusing on the dirt. The dirt that says, oh, I never knew that. Can you see that? And we walk and we start looking for what's wrong instead of finding out what's right. We're not digging for dirt, we're digging for water. That's the purpose of digging. Come on. And the purpose of digging the dirt is actually the ministry of righteousness because we're removing the dirt and and we're getting rid of the works of the flesh so that Jesus can be made manifest. We're trying to find the water of the Spirit of God in every vessel. We're getting, we're digging, come on, we're digging out all the crap and we're trying to remind you that He's made you perfectly righteous. Everything you need is already on the inside of you. And, and we're here now while we see, come on, you know, anybody put under a microscope, we're gonna find like a blemish, you know? Like, I mean, you know, we're gonna find a piece of pepperoni somewhere stuck on your face. And the moment we bring accusation against that brother, let me tell you, let me just remind you, the moment you bring accusation, let the Holy Spirit come upon you to remind you that you are walking in self-righteousness. Right then and there. Because you measure yourself as greater than your brother or your sister. Come on. In Genesis, they're digging up the wells. The first one is uh, called Isaac, which is contention. And they're fighting over the water. The second one is Sitna, uh, uh, which is adversary or enemy, opponent, opposer, persecutor, enmity, accusation, strife and hatred. And the third well is Rehoboth. And God said, we are walking in the season as we begin to expand, as we're in this time of acceleration, we are walking into the, the well of Rehoboth, which means the Lord has made room for us. So while we are all unified in the Spirit, unity above all else, 
Let no one come to you while you are busy digging the well that some professional who's who in the zoo comes to you and says, well, we could be dreaming. Come on, come up here really quickly. Come up here, come up here. Pretend that you're digging real quick. All right, now Paul, come up here, come up here. Now begin to tap him on his shoulder real quick. Now begin to talk to him. Now you listen to what he's saying. And let's just make this, let's say, let's add another 50 or 60 people here. And then we have somebody coming to distract him. Now, instead of being in unity, we have some person telling them some other story and we've distracted them from digging the well of God's purpose for the kingdom. So now everything's come to a standstill because some dingling has to come and bring confusion in the camp. You may be seated. So now when we should be having accelerated growth, somebody, a small fox has decided to come into the vine. Come on, that's exactly right. It's cancerous. We've got to get rid of the cancer. We're not going to let that metastasize. Well, you don't have to do that. You can do it this way. And then you let the leaven in. And then you were joyful. And then you wonder where your joy went. Why has why everything changed? When I first came, this is how, who let leaven, who did you allow to let leaven into your life? Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, and, and that was it. In the last, he moved and dug up another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And then there'll be a fourth well, which is Sheba, the oath and the covenant. Ben Beersheba means the well of the sevenfold oath. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, is this okay, anybody? You know, I I can honestly say, if you are disturbed, I can't help you. But I am here to say that every word that I've spoken, I speak by the love of God without any anger in my heart. And I'm saying, listen, if you are in that place, I will demonstrate the love of Jesus and I will say this, get your heart right. Fix your heart. Get the leaven out of your life. Get the leaven, get all of that stuff and look at the greater picture of what God is wanting to do and let's work together in the spirit of unity. Now, let me go ahead and say this, just so you know, I'm here because the Spirit of the Lord has been dealing with me along this subject for the last six or seven weeks and, and, and I'm delivering this to us as a body here today. I know you look so much more excited than what you do right now. But we need a shaking, amen? Yes. We, need to, we need to be uh, conscious of the tactics of the enemy. Yes. We need to be conscious of it. Yes. And, and the last thing I'm gonna say is this in closing. You know, I believe that this spirit has been allowed to get away with too much. 
You know, in the Western world, it is the, it is the church with the greatest amount of division than any other continent in the world, Amen. in the church, Amen. because of a spirit of independence. Right. It's not a kingdom spirit. There is no constitution. The constitution of heaven is, doesn't begin with we the people. As I'm, I'm, I'm just closing off here, <laughs> hold on to this. And hold on to this. Let me finish my thoughts here real quick. So, so I'm trying to say this is never addressed. So basically we're in a hot seat here. If you decide to walk away and we don't see you for a few weeks, we know why. Just the bottom line. So you're like in a corner. You're like in a very big conundrum right now. And should you be dealing with any of this and you do decide to walk away and be brave out there and we hear reports of that, we will find you and we will find the church that you will attend next and we will warn the pastor about you. I'm just letting you know right now, I am not gonna tolerate that in the kingdom of God. The Bible says, mark them that cause division among the brethren. Mark them. Because that stuff's been allowed to operate for too long. And that's why every week you see another church starting over here, another church, they're all starting and it's all started on the wrong foundation. Completely wrong foundations, messed up. We didn't come here because we're a church split and an offshoot of somebody. We came here because God sent us here to dig a well from people we did not know from the ground up. And the only one couple that we knew that we came here to were with us for about two weeks, went and started their own church and they have nothing right now. Nothing, it's gone, it's dead in the water. And I love them with the love of Jesus. I love them. I love them. I never cursed them one time. Spoke blessing, I released them. Did I agree with them? No, I didn't. That was right in the beginning, in 2020. We came here and we arrived here because the Lord sent us and within 10 days of us being here, the two weeks to slow the spread started. And we're like, oh God, really, for real? We came into a land that we didn't know anybody. Fortunately, God sent us to the Cajuns. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we knew that we would be fed. Rice dressing, boudin. Come on, every good and wonderful, glorious thing that comes from heaven is all here, all right here. And we're still discovering all the kinds of king cakes under the planet right now, which they're all glorious. Now, you know, the two weeks to slow the spread happened then. Now I've had four years to slow the spread here. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> So I've been on the increase in every part of my life. And then I lost it and then, and then I lost it again. And then I, lo I lost it and then I lost the plot and increased again. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Jeff, come on up. Oh, we'll use the mic so that it's recorded. Oh. <laughs> Let's see if the light's on. Okay, there we go. Uh, 
So he, he drug me into this when he said me and him had breakfast. But anyway, uh, you know, probably in, anybody in here, if we want to be honest, can admit to what he's talking about, right? Complaining or, or bickering or pointing things out or stuff like that. And whenever something like that is exposed, the womb is open, right? Which is probably what is right here for some of us right here now, right? Well, the Lord also wants to give you an opportunity not to leave and go to another fellowship where you can corrupt that one. Just to... <laughs> Come on. Come uh, it's true. I'm going to put a little salve on that. Okay? Yeah, Just, yeah, that's good. But to repent of it and to release it. That's it. And to heal from it, stay here and grow and, and, and grow with Mark, April, Gabe, like Amy. Oh, you, you can There we go. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right. Keep it in your mouth. Where did you not stop hearing me? Um, where the they can womb, go corrupt the salve. Okay. Don't go corrupt somewhere else. Uh, allow the salve to get into the womb to heal you, right? So, so if you don't mind, and, and if please, cl- let's mind. close our eyes real quick, and <clears throat> we're gonna pray and, and and ask God to heal us. Come on. And it's the new year still. Dust it off, leave it in the past, and if somebody comes to you with that, you have the authority to put them in their place. So, Father, we ask you this morning for forgiveness, God. Yes, Jesus. We want to be an asset. We want to be a healing balm to people around us. We leave all that sinful bickering uh, in the past yes Lord we pray you would give us strength each one of us to stand strong when that opportunity comes for us to do it or to entertain it we pray for the leadership of this church Mark April Gabe Amy the Freedom House leaders and the ones that are going to come yes Lord that you would just surround them protect them Bless them and let us all be a balm of healing and a benefit to the body as we grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, honestly, that's it. I mean, put a smile on your face, rejoice, and and realize this is part of the love of God. This is the love of God. And if we look at the big picture, realise it's the love of God getting us to sober up to the purpose of God that He's wanting to do. And every one of those things, and we can all stumble, we can all fall and we can all make mistakes. The big thing is let's get get back up, dust your knees off. All right, you're all loved. Every one of you are loved in this house. Nothing's shifted in our attitude towards you. Why? Because we have learned the revelation of knowing no one after the flesh. When I look at you, I see you in the design of God that He has created you to be. And my gift is to call forth what I see in the Spirit. I don't evaluate you by by your flesh. Otherwise, you'll never do anything for the Kingdom of God. If you think about you, you, if you're thinking you're going to be used by God when you're when you feel like you've mustered up enough righteousness, you know you can't. Give up on that. 
say, Lord, I'm nothing, you are everything. Sometimes God is actually saying to us, you say, God, well, I can't do this. And the Lord's answering to say, good, now I can. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jody, go ahead. Okay, yeah, well, that's fine. Sure. So I just want to say, um, I'm not from Louisiana, but I come out to see my son. He goes to LSU. So I, every time I come out here, I, I'm from California. I always come to this church because I find the spirits here. And the service today really got to me because I feel like the, that's what's wrong with our country today. It's not just this church. It's the entire nation. We're divided, okay? We need to come together as one, okay? We, we need to quit bickering about differences. And the way we do that is we come together and we pray for one another. If you have something that you don't like about somebody, go to that person and talk to them. What's wrong with having differences today, right? And I think it's important that we come together as not just a church, but as a nation and love one another. That's it. And I loved what you said that, you know, it can divide us. It is a cancer among us, but it's, it's happening in our country today. Mm-hmm. And so we need to go out. We need to face it. But what really hit me was when he said, it's that demonic spirit. And anything of the D's are from the devil. Division. Right? Division. Everything D. Drinking, drugs is division. Divorce. So it's all from the D's. Right? So we need to think about what does God want us to do? What's from heaven? It's unity, forgiveness, love. Come on. Right? Amen. And so I just want to say that Amen. take the time, love one another. Don't let that person leave that's causing that problem. Face them and say, what is it that's hurting them? Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they need something that they're not getting that's causing that undertow that they need help. And we got to love them and just love them more. Amen. Praise okay. God. Thank you, Jesus. Good stuff. All right. Well. 